0: This is Laura Dierda with the Becker's Women's Leadership Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Barbara Bergen, an orthopedic surgeon with Texas Orthopedics, Sports and Rehabilitation Associates, a division of Ortho Lone Star in Austin, Texas. Dr. Bergen, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be able to talk to you about women in orthopedics and a few other things. Fantastic. Well, before we jump into the questions, could you please tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Right. Um,
1: I am a general orthopedist in uh, Austin, Texas. I came to Austin in 1986 after my training and I set up the practice of Texas orthopedics with another one of my fellow residents in training. And uh, he and a buddy of his from medical school uh, decided to come to Austin and set up a practice and my parents had moved here. So uh, I wanted to come here and my husband was fortunately willing to do so as well. So the three of us came here and started the practice. Gosh, it's been 1986, so I don't know, 36 years ago. And uh, since then, the group has grown. There's probably over 30 doctors in the group now. We are a practice of mostly orthopedic surgeons. We have a couple of rheumatologists and um, three physiatrists in the group. So we've seen a lot of growth um, in that time. We've also expanded to have, uh, we have multiple offices uh, throughout uh, the Austin metro area. And we also have our own surgery center, uh, ambulatory surgery center, along with other facilities such as MRI scan and physical therapy.
0: Well, that's fantastic and quite a growth story um, from when you were first starting and launching the practice in 1980s and then coming into where you are today. That's really impressive.
1: Well, it has been a really amazing, wonderful process. Uh, I'm very proud of it, of course, and uh, I never dreamt that I'd be part of a big group like this. And then just recently, Texas Orthopedics, along with several other large orthopedic groups in Texas, came together to form sort of a super group called uh, Ortho Lone Star.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw that recently. And it's interesting to think about, you know, how some of the orthopedic groups now are forming into larger organizations. And, You know, I know we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it's just interesting to see how the industry and the markets are evolving. First, though, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, what it's like to be a woman in orthopedics. I know orthopedics is typically a male-dominated specialty, and so I wanted to first get your thoughts on what's different about being a woman um, and an orthopedic surgeon. Well,
1: I think I'd have to even step back further and just say perhaps what's different about being a woman physician um, as well as a, a, uh, a female orthopedic surgeon. you know, I do think that women have, in many cases, a, a great sensitivity uh, to patients. Um, I think we connect with patients on a different level than many of our male colleagues. And I think that's why there's been a push over time for more women to become physicians. And now half of medical school classes are are female. Um, and so certainly those same uh, principles would apply to a woman in orthopedics. Um, there are very few women in orthopedics and particularly, you know, I started my training over 40 years ago. And at that time there were almost no women. I mean, there was, much less than 1% of orthopedic surgeons were female. Um, I, when I did my interviews for residencies, I met no female residents or attendings. And um, I went into uh, my training being the only female orthopedic resident. And, i would have to say there were some difficulties and um uh, but it was not anything that i couldn't overcome Uh, you know there was uh, it was not there was not i wouldn't say any malignant attitudes towards women in orthopedics it was just that women were, were perhaps um not considered uh in the same way that men were you were just sort of odd odd man out or odd girl out. You know, if I go to uh, if I went to an orthopedic meeting, there would be no other women. Uh, the The good thing was that the restrooms were empty uh, during breaks. but um, so it was not a, a the same feeling of camaraderie that you had, say, with the internal medicine doctors in in training or uh, the OBGYn physicians. So, but, you know, once I started my own practice, that was kind of an amazing thing to be able to do because if I had joined another group at that time of all male orthopedic surgeons, I think it would have been very difficult for me to have um, had the kind of practice that I've been able to develop and also had the kind of group that I've been part of. So, um, uh, things are different now. Uh, there are more women in medical school. women are being recruited into orthopedics. It's the sort of it's the last frontier. Um, the I think orthopedics has the least number of women uh, in residency and in practice of all the specialties. Uh, including neurosurgery and urology, things where you really don't think of, um, uh, of women uh, typically when you're uh, thinking of those specialties. So we just got our first female uh, orthopedic surgeon. Our, our last new uh, partner in the group is a female. So there are two of us now, which is pretty cool.
0: I can imagine after so many years of being the only woman in the room or one of very few, it's, I'm sure, very rewarding and exciting to have another woman in your group as a partner. It
1: is. And of course, we bonded immediately. And, um, and, and so uh, now we have plans to try to get a third. Because I'm uh, four years, I'm, I'm 66. I'll be retiring about four years. And um,
0: uh, I want to have another female in the group before I leave. That's fantastic. Now, thinking back to your early days in training, especially, what drove you to keep going on orthopedics, um, especially when there weren't many other women there or really any others at all?
1: Yeah, that was a weird thing because most in in my medical school class, there were like three guys who really wanted to be orthopedic surgeons from the very get go. They're like, I'm going to be an orthopedic surgeon. I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist, and um, and so I kind of had geared my my rotations uh, during the clinical years to to uh, be a psychiatrist. And I thought, I know I'm going to hate surgery. Um, I'm going to hate the surgeons. Uh, and I, but I decided to do my two surgical electives in subspecialties in which I could hone my psychiatric skills on patients in pain. So I did a rotation in neurosurgery and orthopedic surgery. And <clears throat> I went to school at Texas Tech. And the residents at Texas Tech were just really lovely people. And they, I was going to hang out in the clinic and learn how to put on casts and see patients and, and really wasn't going to spend a lot of time in the OR, but they were just like, no, you're coming with us. You're going to take out a screw, you know, so they made a little incision and there was a screw that needed to come out. And I was just like, this is so cool. And, you know, a lot of times we, most people who, when you're choosing um, your career path, a lot of times you're influenced by mentors. Uh, And, uh, you know, clearly that is one way of deciding what you're going to do. And um, these guys were just seemed to be really enjoying what they did. And they really were interested in me participating with them on these cases. And I just decided to change. And everybody was like, that's weird because... There's no women in orthopedics. And so, you know, I, I just made, a, made that decision to change and started
0: applying for orthopedic surgery residencies. And there you have it. I love that story. I think it's fantastic how, as you put it, you know, they were so encouraging of you becoming part of the operating room and becoming part of the procedures. Um, and it, definitely a great thing that you were able to do that. Do you see more opportunities like that being offered to women in orthopedics, and and how do you see, you know, male orthopedic surgeons can be that kind of advocate for the women who are interested in the specialty? Well, things are very different now. Um, they start recruiting women into
1: orthopedics from the very get go. Uh, you know, they'll have uh, at a meeting, um, like at an orthopedic surgery meeting, they'll have a cocktail hour for. Um, uh, female, uh, as well as minority uh, uh, medical students who are interested in orthopedics because they're very underrepresented as well. You are, as a medical student, in, in many cases, you're highly recruited. And now most programs are striving to get women in their program. Um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't have a woman in your program, Uh, and you go to a meeting, everybody's standing around saying, Hey, do you have any gals in your program? You say, no, they're like, what? So it's going to change fast. And, um, you know, and that's a good thing. It will be, it's, it's a good thing for orthopedics.
0: Absolutely. And speaking of orthopedics, while I have you on, on the podcast here, I wanted to ask, how do you see orthopedics in the ASC industry changing in the next three years? Well, okay, I can't speak for like three years
1: specifically, but the things that are happening and, and to a certain extent, COVID-19 has kind of accelerated this. Um, people are are starting to think more in terms of having total joint replacements in ambulatory surgery centers. And that was very that was making slow progress. Insurers were reluctant at first to pay for total joint replacements in ambulatory surgery centers and um, and patients were reluctant as well. It takes a lot of forethought to really uh, coach a patient through an outpatient, surgical procedure as complicated as its whole joint. I mean, we used to do, you know, when I began my training, a knee arthroscopy would stay in the hospital for three days. Um, a rotator cuff would stay in the hospital for four days. Then all of a sudden we were like admitting patients for overnight 23-hour observation. And so we were still putting um, uh, anterior cruciate reconstructions, Shoulder um, uh, shoulder procedures in overnight rotator cuff repairs, so so that transition even took a long time to occur, but now it's looking like total joint replacement is going to be done more and more in the ambulatory surgery center setting, uh, especially on healthy patients uh, with who are not on Medicare, I mean, Medicare has not yet, uh, they may have said they're going to pay to have surgery, uh, to allow surgery in ambulatory surgery setting, but they, the the amount that they pay is so little that it barely covers the cost of the implant and um, the other equipment that's necessary to perform the surgery. So I think it's going to be a little while before Medicare patients will be done uh, outpatient. But as we know, I mean, Medicare patients are older and often have other medical
0: conditions,
1: uh, which may be better taken care of or addressed in the uh, inpatient setting.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, my final question before we wrap up here is uh, talking about leadership. What advice would you give to other women who want to get into the orthopedics field?
1: Well, first of all, I would tell any medical student to go into medical school with an open mind. Um, a lot of people come to medical school with a sort of a pre-determined plan, but Search for mentors and people that you want to emulate. Um, well, you know, when I went in the medical school, I didn't necessarily want it to want to be a psychiatrist. I went through a few other. You know, I loved OBGYN. The first time I delivered a baby, um, I loved. Um, you know, I I enjoyed ophthalmology. Uh, I did a little brief rotation during the summer in ophthalmology. So. I I really enjoyed a lot of the different specialties, as did my husband, who is also a physician. Um, uh, So have an open mind and then search for mentors. Um, And don't, uh, there really is no um, specialty which is, uh, not appropriate for women. I mean, there it just there's just no limit. There is no limit. I mean, that's the the key. There are there are no limitations for women. You might think women might think it's be very hard to be a surgeon and have a child. Well, I'll tell you from my personal experience. I got pregnant during my residency. Um, I mean, you can't say it like it's an accident because. Well, it's not, but it was kind of me. I didn't really necessarily plan to get pregnant and that was difficult, but I did it. And I finished my training right on time and started my practice. And then I got pregnant during my practice. Um, Somebody told me a family practice attending told me that if if, if no time is a good time for children, then every time is a good time for children. And women should not be sitting back, you know, waiting until they finish their training, waiting until they have got their successful in their practice before thinking about having children, because all of a sudden you'll be too old to have children. And um, so, you know, I don't want women to think that if they're an orthopedic surgeon, they're going to have a hard time having a family uh, because it's not true i have two wonderful kids who are successful happy children i have i've been married to my husband for 40 years and uh so i have some great hobbies so i think a woman can do it all
0: that's fantastic dr bergen thank you so much and a great note to end on that women can do it all i think that's perfect Thank you so much for being here today. We really appreciate your your time and your expertise, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. All right.
1: Well, thank you for having me.